This edition of the Standard Podcast is brought to you by Iberostar Hotels and Resorts. Hi, I'm John Weeks. And I'm Juliet Kinsman. Come away with us and learn something new about holidays that are both fun and a bit more sustainable. Yes, this is the pod where we share with you the knowledge, ideas and tips to give you the best chance of booking a great breakaway that's also better for the planet and the 8 billion people on it. Things like where to go when, how to spot if your hotel is doing the right things and how your travel actually helps the world go around. Let's get into it. So, Juliet, we are back and this time we're talking about how to choose a more sustainable destination. First of all, what is a sustainable destination? How would you categorise that? I think it's choosing a place where you can go and spend time and you know that perhaps that country or that nation has a real love for the well-being of the world. So they might have lots of conservation projects in place or they might power power themselves on renewables. Those are good reasons. Okay. Okay. Um, And I understand off-season travel is a more sustainable, more eco option. Why is that? If you imagine when you go somewhere high season that's really super popular, there's much more strain on the infrastructure and on the environment. So it's naturally going to be, well, a greener thing to do to go off season when you're not adding to that strain and you're also helping support the economy when they might need it more. We could also call it redistributed travel. And obviously less busy, which I think is a a big plus that most people probably go off season traveling for anyway. And we've seen an example of this recently in the news, this article on the Standard website about how Venice has actually brought in a daily five euro charge for visitors. Why have they introduced that? What's the sort of thinking behind it? Well, there were just too many people going. We had also the problem with cruise liners, I think, pulling up to dock. And so the, the challenge with that would be that you have all those people spilling out, but not necessarily spending any money in the local destination. So anywhere there's a charge or a levy, Bhutan has done it very, very well. They have something called a sustainable development fee. They introduced it. Well, they upped it, actually. It used to be about $65 a day, and they upped it to $200. And they saw a dramatic drop in the amount of people visiting. And whilst the aim was to get more people... They call it their high-value, low-volume tourism model. It actually was a bit too dramatic. So it can be sensitive. They just have to try these different systems out. So for people planning to go on holiday now, perhaps a winter getaway, which I really want to do, I can't stand the cold, I can't stand the short, dark days. What are the sort of top alternative destinations for people trying to stick to that off-season rule but still go somewhere hot? Well, I mean, I think if you want your vitamin D in your sunshine, it might be warm. Your face is warm in the sunshine in the daytime. It might not actually be bikini weather. I know you love a bikini, John. Um, <laughs> I'd say, well, we really we know that uh, Morocco, following the, the very sad events of this year, they really need our business. One of the best ways to support any destination after a natural disaster, I don't mean immediately after, but to help them recover and to help them... Uh, you know, put money towards repairs much needed, Uh, go to a destination like that, that would be a really, a really great place to go. Uh, Spain, again, lots of Spain is still going to be very warm, might even be t-shirt weather. In Frank Kellett's article on uh, nature positive escapes, you could go to, well, Yellowwood Adventures,
kilometers lures you to various mountain destinations for a guided walking tour. You get to look out for bears as well. I like the idea of that. So, um, yeah, have a look at uh, Frank Kellett's article. Lots of different tips where you're going to be able to enjoy nature this winter and um, sunshine, hopefully, on your face. Okay, Juliet. So let's get a top list together of truly sustainable holiday destinations. I'm going to pin you down now to the top three. Go. Oh, well, I'm going to say Scandinavia, which already covers lots of them because they do so well for being powered on on renewable energy. Norway, Norway, that's definitely a good one. And Finland, so much of 80% of Finland is covered in forest. Costa Rica, they're great for biodiversity. Again, they invest so much in protecting nature. So there's a few destinations. And let me slip Slovenia in there as well. If you looked up Slovenia, you would see that their tourist board has long been navigating people to the greener properties. And when you're there, you can eat and drink so well. Even Slovenian wine I've had is excellent. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. So there's a few destinations to be feeling excited about. And when it comes to sort of marking or measuring sustainability, who is sort of in charge of that? Who has the best sort of scale for that, I suppose? Oh, that's great. Well, the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, the GSTC, is widely accepted as being the most reliable authority. I think you'd do well to to speak to them. So joining us now is Randy Durbin, CEO of the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, also known as the GSTC. Randy, you've sustainably joined us here, squeezed us in as part of your schedule, coming here to London for work. First of all, can you just tell us what exactly does the GSTC do? Very good. Yeah, nice to be with you. So the GSTC was created by two UN agencies, basically for two primary functions. One is to create and maintain global standards for sustainable tourism. So the GSTC criteria are widely recognized as the global standards because we spend a year creating them, reaching out to people all over the world, north, south, east, west, academia, private sector, public sector, NGOs, anybody and everybody. So that's our first reason for being and task. The second is to give guidance on how to apply those standards. And that gets very murky and <laughs> many different approaches and uh, gets into some very technical information. But that, that's the essence of who we are and what we do. So if you are a traveler who really wants to go somewhere that is on a journey to do much better, who's a hero destination? Um, well, high on my list is Singapore. They've taken a very systematic approach as a nation state. We're working intensively in Turkey, which surprises a lot of people. We're working with them with a very rich program on hospitality and hotels. They actually have a legal mandate that every hotel in the country, more than 22,000, must be certified to our scheme by 2030. It's an enormous undertaking, very dramatic, very aggressive. This is very progressive. Um, So it takes time, but very progressive indeed. So that's very exciting. Singapore, on the other hand, is incentivizing and promoting more sustainable and taking a very holistic approach through all business types and from their own government standpoint. I think I celebrated in a newspaper article for us the other day that 6,000 properties in Turkey were on track with you, which is a pretty impressive number. Very impressive, indeed. Uh, It's quite dramatic. There's nothing like it in the world. And for people, for example, hearing this and thinking, oh, okay, so maybe Turkey's looking and shaping up to be quite a nice place to go. And they haven't heard of the GSTC. How do you sort of 
sell what you do to the general public and and how you can help them make better decisions? Yeah, well, first of all, we, we give our standard away free of charge in the public domain. Most standards, that, especially those that go anywhere near the effort we put into creating them, you, you pay for. Uh, so the first step would be to simply download from our website the GSTC criteria and use that as personal guidance and, on understanding the full scope of what we mean in a holistic way about sustainability. Uh, but I think the general traveler can just sort of urge, you know, I think they need to speak up when they're in a hotel and they're using land transport and so forth of, you know, land transport, why aren't you using cleaner vehicles? Everybody else, why is there so much plastic still here? Single use, especially. Come on, guys, let's let's improve. So you, you can speak up. But yeah, I would encourage looking more holistically because sustainability is not just about greenhouse gases and aviation and carbon emissions. It's It's got all these elements built in. I'd like to say speak up. And uh, when you see things, you know, say things. Uh, I think having said that, I think we all need to be forgiven for the fact that when we book travel, let's be honest with ourselves, we're all quite fixated on price, aren't we? Um, the whole psychology of the booking of travel is based on price. Because when we as a traveler have an idea, okay, I want to go to this city, so I know the basic neighborhood of the hotel I want, I know the price range I can afford, I know the hotel type, and then I go online and search. At that point, all we're thinking about is price. However, we're seeing in satisfaction data now around the world in travel and tourism that travelers increasingly want sustainability. Really? So the, the impacts, I would argue, the traveler would have, because we can't change our own mic up. We all have to be fixated on price. <laughs> I can't fix that overnight, nor can you. But what we can fix is, come on, people, let's, let's tell the people in the hotel. I'm, not, I'm troubled by all this plastic. I'm troubled by the fact that I don't want my room pre-air conditioned to 19 degrees hours before I arrive and I turn my air con off and don't use it for the next three days. You know, as a green traveler, I can't be as green as I want to be. That's it. And I think you raised that in a previous episode, didn't you, Juliet, about speaking up if you see something that... Well, actually, like. so thank you to Randy. We have that tip in our How to Be a Climate-Friendly Traveler, which we certainly reference in the first episode of this series, which says, speak up. So we're all going to adopt that. We're, we're your disciples, <laughs> Randy. Speak up. I'm happy to have had an impact. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like quite a, a, a fun facet of your job is seeing all these, you know, these new ways of technology being used in hotels and things that, you know, I guess you get to see them before anyone else, right? Yeah, we get some early previews of uh, some cutting-edge technologies, um, so that's exciting. So, um, yeah, there is uh, – but, yeah, that's, it's quite interesting is that, I mean, you know, as recently as three or four years ago, we would have said that it takes about two years for the capital to be paid for for an older hotel building to renovate accordingly for greener technology for better efficiency in air con and heat. Uh, now the experts are saying that much of that is only as little as six months because the technologies get better and, 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 and more affordable. So that, that, that's about building renovation. But that leads me to another point is that a misconception we hear often is that, oh, it's all very expensive to change. It's like, no, that's more, that costs money, right, to refit an old building. 
However, there's all sorts of things one can do in a hotel. Food waste. How about winnow? I'm so obsessed with winnow. Have you seen winnow technology <laughs> yeah. in action? Yeah, yeah. It's so clever. Talk us through that. What's winnow? So yeah. winnow is um, AI-powered uh, technology in a kitchen which reads how many leftovers there are on a plate. It can recognize 800 different food types. So it might say, uh, well, nobody's really liking that guacamole, so the hotel will serve less of that. So they can manage what they're serving to have less food waste because, as we know, food waste also generates more methane, which can be up to 28 times more potent than CO2. So we really need to minimize food waste, a big part of the conversation. Thank you. You've captured my heart, Juliet. Yes. <laughs> food waste, it's the third largest, most identifiable contributor to greenhouse gases after the U.S. economy, the China economy, the entire economies. Third in the world is food waste for the reason you gave. I mean, the methane in the uh, landfill is horrible. Methane is methane. We Americans say methane. <laughs> tomato, with, tomato. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we are. So for me, I'll just stay with what I'm used to. Methane is, uh, yeah, in the landfill is very damaging indeed. But the entire life cycle of food, we burn carbon to produce it. And we've got fertilizers and tractors and all that. And then we burn carbon to distribute it from the farm to the wholesaler, from the wholesaler to the retail, you know, all the way to the table. Massive carbon. And then there's the methane when it lands in the landfill. So we have to cut it back. Potato, potato. But no one says potato, I always think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tangibly, Randy, for people who are going on holidays and like you say, you know, looking for the cheapest price initially when booking, is there a GSTC logo that appears next to a listing? Or like, how is the best way for someone to, to recognize, okay, these guys have got really reputable certification? Honestly, it's an enormous challenge right now because our our whole program is, is rather new just in recent years, so there's very little of that. I'll give you an example where our logo is in view. Uh, since 2016, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, which is the second largest holding company of cruise lines, and on their menu of activities on the cruise, they indicate whether that tour operator is GSTC compliant. And then MSC Cruises has matched that, some other cruise lines. And hotels will start in Turkey. <laughs> we'll see that uh, the logo there. So we're far from really a broad application of it. So that's probably many years away, uh, unfortunately. EasyJet Holidays, Jet2 Holidays, have started labeling on their packages for the UK market that when um, you know they buy a package that's a flight in a hotel, that the, they're starting to label now hotels that are compliant with our system. So there is a way for the, okay. for the UK market to get that information. So, yeah, it is optimistic for the future. I mean, you, we could argue we should have been here 10 years ago, but um, we are where we are and we are moving forward. Randy, thanks so much for all your time with us this morning. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Randy. And I know you walked here from our hotel, so even better, the greener <laughs> way to get here. So that's episode three of our sustainable travel series. Next up, what type of sustainable traveller are you? A solo eco-nomad, an indie kid, or maybe something else? See you next week. This episode of The Standard Podcast was brought to you by Iberostar Hotels and Resorts.